Hello and welcome to Sustainability is Sexy, the podcast where we talk about all things sustainable from regenerative agriculture, alternative to single-use plastic, and everything in between. I'm your host, Liz Murphy, and each episode I will talk to leaders in the sustainability space to provide insights, innovation, and inspiration for all of us to create a healthier planet. So today I'm joined by Barrett Fisher, owner and founder of Pit and Seed, a meal prep marketplace providing local meals sustainably delivered. Welcome to the podcast, Barrett. Hello. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. We were kind of talking pre-recording about how this subject is super near and dear to me. Anyone that knows me, um, which is a lot of our listeners, they know that I'm the person that brings my own container everywhere we go, restaurants, markets. Um, So I'm super excited to dive into Pit and Seed and learn more about the program. So thanks for being here. Thank you. You're going above and beyond. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's something I, it's like, I want to inspire other people to do it. Um, It's one of the things I think more than any of my personal like sustainability habits that I get comments on like out in public. Um, Cause it's something people can actually see. Like if we're sitting at a restaurant and they offer us to go containers and we say, Oh no, <laughs> and pull our own out of a bag. And people are like, I did not know I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yes, you can. And yeah. so one thing I like to start off with is learning a little bit about your background. Um, you know, we were talking again, pre-recording a little bit about, um, pre pit and seed, you did have a storefront. Um, but maybe even before that, like kind of what a little bit about yourself that can give us some insight into maybe what inspired you to start yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mentioned that one of the original goals of Pitted Seed was to have both the community of a local shop and and the uh, efficiency of an online experience. My background for the past decade has been in software, um, okay. leading software teams, and so it's a little different. I was yeah, I was very excited to dive into that side of it mm-hmm. um, when we initially opened Pitted Seed, um, but it it turns out that running a shop had a little more challenges than mm-hmm. than I'd anticipated, and so. Um, we ended up launching the meal prep service a little later than, than we initially, uh, anticipated. Um, but now we're fully focused on it. So come from a software background. Okay. Um, so software background to a food storefront, like what was kind of, did you always want to be in food or what, what inspired you to start a food business? Food is a, a medium for me. Um, probably not in the way a chef would say that mm-hmm. food is a way to, uh, practice sustainability and to try to have a positive impact. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, the community side of pitted seed, I've worked in software the past decade remotely. So like mm-hmm. when the pandemic rolled around, I was ready. And so I really wanted to have, uh, a part of my life that was, had more face to face intimate interactions with people yeah. rather than just videos. And so, cool. um, I think I don't hear a lot of software people that are seeking that. I feel like they go into the software because yeah. they're looking. For- I should say I don't. I don't. I'm not a developer. So. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> um, I wish I was. So I, I you know, I love. Um, I, I've again, people know I own a food business, so I, in quite the same way, I've always been drawn to um, the hospitality industry, like people facing businesses where I get to interact with community and it just gives me life to do that. And then combining my passion for food. Um, so you mentioned that food is a way to practice sustainability. Um, what did that look like at pitted seed? Yeah. So at pitted seed, um, you know, we now we're, uh, our business model is structured around our reusable containers. Mm -hmm. I spent hours and hours, uh, trying to find 
um, ideally reusable containers or just the least uh, harmful disposable mm-hmm. containers at, at Pitted Seed. Um, and it's a, in San Diego, it's specifically hard because we don't have the composting facilities. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I ended up going with those containers, uh, often, you know, plant based right. rather than synthetic plastic it still has advantages. So, um, we tried to nail it as well as yeah. we could, uh, on the packaging side at Pitted Seed, limited right. success, I would say, um, the food that we serve every dish had either a vegan or vegetarian alternative. And so, um, the health benefits of that type of diet, I think you get people on both sides of that argument, but I think the sustainability aspects, um, are a lot more cut and dry. Um, and so, yeah, we tried to push people. Um, we still had, uh, meat and Mm -hmm. cheese options, but we wanted to make it readily available for people to, Um, I'd like to dive into the, um, like the packaging for a minute. Cause I think especially with the implementation of SB 1383, the organics recycling legislation, that's from a full state level in California, but we're starting to finally see the effects of that. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about it. So, um, SB 1383, for those of you that don't know, I think we've kind of talked about it briefly on other episodes, but, um, especially now, um, as we roll into season three, you guys should start seeing the effects of this legislation, both at a residential and a commercial level. So this is organics recycling, um, requirements, um, from the state level, like in order to, of course, keep these organic materials out of the landfill. But one thing that comes along with that is a lot of confusion about compostable materials um, and the impacts of plastic wares versus compostable wares and what can actually be, uh, you know, recycled versus composted versus and all these things. So I think there's a lot of confusion. And I think for food businesses, that's where all of that is going to come into play. Um, And as a food business myself and working with so many people in the community, I'm seeing a lot of confusion with that. So you talked about kind of trying to find the best possible one, right? Because every single one of them have impacts. And we just kind of have to decide for ourselves and our business where our focus is. Um, So is it avoiding plastic? If that is your focus, then you want to go with some of the plant-based material. If you're trying to keep food waste out of the landfill and that's your number one goal, sometimes those can be difficult because if they're ending up in the landfill, it's going to be the same as food waste, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's an organic material. So you kind of have to make these decisions. So how did you guys approach that and try to find the most sustainable option for you? I think the most helpful resource we found at any point was Surfrider has a guide. Um, And it didn't, you know, it, I'd say it checked 80% of the boxes, but there were still gaps. Yeah. Um, And there's no perfect solution right now. No, no. And of course I, I found that guide, way too late you know i already like had whatever picked up um so it you know I, I worked with a number of different vendors um and most of them very helpful with providing what they had access to mm-hmm. but they were distributors who were limited and yeah and i, I love that you mentioned surf rider because i think it's something that you guys um claim as well but the ocean friendly restaurant program um is something that's really important for i think people should be looking out for in San Diego because it means that you're, yeah, there's so many. And if you're, you know, going to a restaurant and you see that ocean friendly restaurant tag anywhere, like, you know, that you're supporting somebody that's working, um, for the planet. And so Surfrider has more information on that. If you're a restaurant or a consumer, it's a great thing to be aware of. So, um, I love that you mentioned Surfrider, another, 
amazing kind of grassroots yeah. local org working on so many things. Um, so let's switch now to pit and seed, which is what you are working on now. Um, how is that different from the storefront and what are you guys doing? Yeah. So, uh, at pitted seed, our in-store menu was smoothies, toasts, and bowls. Mm -hmm. And eventually we got around to launching our meal prep offering, which had our bowls available for delivery to home. Mm -hmm. Now that we're pit and seed, a local meal prep marketplace, we still have our in-house pitted seed menu, which mm -hmm. has those same bowls. Um, but we brought on our reusable containers, um, all of the systems around that. Uh, and then now we have restaurant partners. And so mm -hmm. um, what a lot of um, amazing meal prep companies will do is switch their menu weekly or, or quarterly or, or uh, periodically in mm -hmm. order to provide variety. Because some people, you know, we've had some people ordering the same food for about a year. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just, it works so great. But some people want to switch it up. And so uh, our strategy for providing that variety is by having restaurant partners and we will probably release specials yeah in the near future but yeah but that's so unique you know for a meal prep service to yeah. provide these incredibly different menus obviously because it's from different restaurants um and then talk to me about the reusable part because obviously that is i think what I am so excited about and subject matter of this podcast, I want to focus on that because that is incredibly unique. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think we do see reusable containers in the meal prep industry that are often just the like kind of lighter plastic yeah. ones that you aren't, could you could reuse them, but it's more difficult. And, um, but you know, uh, you brought me an example of the uh, service today. And I, I mean, this is a kind of container that I would just love to have on hand. Right. And like reuse. So, um, how did you choose that? Um, you know, how is that different from traditional? How is it working for you guys? Just tell me about the reusable part of the program. Yeah. So there, um, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds of uses out of them. Um, microwave safe, dishwasher safe, uh, not oven safe. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you just wash them like it's, like it's a plate or like it's Tupperware at home. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously they have our, our branding on them. Um, mm -hmm. each week when we do a delivery to uh, a customer, we'll pick up their containers from the previous week. Mm -hmm. Um, we ask that they get rinsed out. They don't even need to get thoroughly washed. Um, we, well, I already joked to you that we're yeah. <laughs> glorified dishwashers. dishwashers. We yeah. do a lot of dishes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're happy to. Awesome. So it is a, um, just for anyone listening that's interested in utilizing it. I know you right now you have a certain radius, um, area, so you can always check on the website where, um, delivery is available and, um, you know, it's the restaurants are all kind of around you. Um, but I also want to talk about the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Um, so La Jolla farmer's market, you guys have a really cool program set up with some of the food vendors. Um, and again, this is something that's so exciting for me to see, um, as somebody that brings my own containers to the farmer's market and is always asking the vendors to use them. And they're so great about that. Um, but I don't really see too many people doing that. So having a program available on site is kind of what we, the direction we need to go, I think. So tell me a little bit about that program at La Jolla. Well, first, you tell me a little bit when yeah. you first, <laughs> I imagine now you're a regular with some of the vendors at the yeah. market. Yeah. Uh, when you were first approaching, was, was there any like 
can we do that? Or? I think, I think for some, yes. Um, I think for others, they're just like, yeah, sure. Um, I think v- very first, yeah, there was always a, a slight hesitation, not necessarily of can we, but more, um, like at a restaurant level, I think there's a lot more, um, concerns about it, right? Like giving a personal container and taking it back into the kitchen with food vendors at a market, it can be a, a little bit less, um, strict in that way. Also with food vendors at a market, uh, I think there's a, a preference for that. I mean, they're paying for these, you know, single use to go containers. And so if everyone was bringing their own container or if they had a pit and seed program Mm -hmm. with reusable containers, they're saving money for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I think overall it's something that they are appreciative of. Um, and, and I just, and now, yeah, they're definitely used to us. (laughs) Like we go, we go to the same, you know, the same group of vegan vendors and, um, you know, they, yeah, exactly. And, um, and I do enjoy it too, because again, same thing, like with the, at the restaurants, people behind me in line are just like, Oh, like that's your own container. Um, or they'll be like, where did you get that? Like what vendor gives out? And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) like I'm bringing this. Um, but yeah, I think what we need to see is something that's provided because as we know, like it's just not in the cards right now for everybody to do that or remember to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're really excited about the program. I should say that it's, we're still figuring it out. We're Mm -hmm. ironing out kinks Mm -hmm. still. Um, It's new for us. It's new for the vendors. It's new for the customers, Mm -hmm. the event organizers. Um, And everyone's been extremely supportive of it, but we're still uh, figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's very encouraging how many people come up and thank us every day for doing the service. Um, but if we get two more containers than we did the previous week, we're also, you know, unproportionately excited right. about that. <laughs> so, that yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. We, uh, are saving hundreds of pounds of trash, uh, on a monthly basis. Um, and we are seeing more containers every, mm-hmm. every week. So it's just a matter of, uh, educating the people at the market that it's an option you're always going to have people that want to bring it home and so Mm -hmm. that's not the ideal fit for those circumstances Um, but a ton of people are eating there and so we have bins out where they can return them some of the vendors have a stock of our containers with them uh, and then people can always come up to us grab a container um, and then approach any vendor yeah, that's amazing. It's definitely something I want to see at every farmer's market, you know? Um, so I'm super excited to see you guys grow and inspire as well, right? Like there's one thing I always talk about with other, um, you know, pe- individuals and organizations, especially in the sustainability industry is like, there's a, never enough of us working on this, right? So we need as many as possible. So if anyone out there is inspired <laughs> to do this as well, I'd love to see reusables. That's true. But I came, this is the one the one thing I came yeah. prepared for. I had, I had this in my back pocket. Yeah. First of all, just looking at your podcast, like it's a whole community. And that mm-hmm. when we first got connected uh, and through working with Erica, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've come to appreciate how, much more, you know, I was in my bubble at Pit and Seed. Yeah. Um, But now with working with Eric and getting more involved in the community, uh, it's actually really uh, encouraging how many people are active in programs like uh, the Ocean Friendly Restaurant Program. I'm the same way, like, especially doing this podcast, I get to meet so many amazing individuals and inspiring organizations and, um, you know, attending the events and then just seeing the community continue to grow and 
grow together, I think is something that I find incredibly unique. Um, and I, I am sure that's because there's obviously this shared passion and understanding that like with a lack of competitiveness and a community oriented approach, that's how we're going to tackle this climate crisis. Um, and so I, I just am so grateful to be a part of this community and am always inspired. In this series, we are talking to local sustainable business owners and organizations to highlight tangible resources within our community. Are you a local sustainable business or do you know someone we should be talking to? Email us at sustainabilityissexythepodcast at gmail.com. How can people um, find information about this, like sign up for it, like just kind of start to be involved? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're at the La Jolla uh, open air market every Sunday, um, nine to one, uh, nine a.m. to one p.m. Uh, our website pitandseed.com, and then on Instagram at pit underscore and underscore seed. Yeah. So something I always ask my guests a little bit of a shift here. Um, your answer doesn't have to do with food prep or pit and seed. It can, but um, personally, uh, is there a favorite sustainable product or sustainable practice that you'd like to share? No, I don't have a favorite. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, uh, my mom growing up was, uh, very involved in a lot of environmental, yeah. um, organizations. And, um, so it's just been so sort of ingrained in me, yeah. you know, like we, if you saw our bag collection at the house uh-huh. that has bags from like 18 years ago, <laughs> um, it, it's a lot that I just, I don't even think. So yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. I think, um, like when I first kind of, I did, I I grew up with what I would consider to be sustainable practices that were 100% for economic reasons in my family. Like there wasn't really a thought process of the planet or anything like that, but reusing things and, and, and that kind of stuff was something that I grew up with, but didn't really associate with, um, you know, environmentalism or being eco-friendly. Uh, and then when I started to implement, like kind of go a little bit harder and like nitty gritty implement different practices into my life. I think if I was asked that question, it would be, I would have favorites because it like I was, things were new to me and it was, yeah, conscious thinking about it. And now though, it's the same thing. Like so many of the things I've been doing for years now. And so I just don't even think of them as sustainable practices. They're just a part of my life, Um, which is super exciting. (laughs) You know, once it gets to that point, it's like, Oh, Oh, cool. Okay. I think you reached 10,000 hours. Yeah, You're an expert. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Always learning, always implementing new stuff, but um, yeah. so much of it has become like habitual, which is, yeah. is so exciting. What I tell people too is like, um, you know, at first it takes a lot of conscious effort, but eventually it just becomes habit yeah. and a part of your life. Yeah. I'm gonna, here's a cop-out answer. Sure. Here's a cop-out Um, Hank is our ambassador. Okay. Um, and so Hank has great intentions, but he, he does everything wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, and so really like an alter, it's, it's sure. like the, the part of me that I'm like, you know, um, and so there's this one where, uh, he jokes. So everything, we have our five values for the company okay. and every Hank video is highlighting one of the values. And so sustainability is, you know, first and foremost. And so for one of them, I have Hank, uh, he collects the re the reusable containers, mm-hmm. disposable, but reusable containers. Yeah. 
he's like, oh, I hope you know, this wasn't going to get thrown away. I saved these. And he goes to put it in the cabinet and he opens it and they come falling oh, out all over yes, Hank. Yes, yes. Um, and so that would be an example of um, sometimes where the most altruistic you know, efforts mm-hmm. are not there there are also consequences involved let's yeah, say right, right? right so it might not be the optimal uh but at any given and you're going to reach a point where maybe you can't win every battle but um yeah. you know you, you get a, you get a t-shirt and um you're over it and you can give it to goodwill you don't mm-hmm. need to throw it away it has holes in it and goodwill won't accept it you can rip it up and it becomes mm-hmm. a rag you know and eventually it gets really dirty and maybe you need to throw it away mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know, but yeah i think uh it's something also I've talked about with other people on here um, as people that like a lot of times with things that maybe aren't recyclable or, or are harder in the recycling stream or whatever, like I'll like hoard them instead because I don't want to yeah. <laughs> like, put them into yeah. the stream, but then like you end up with a cabinet or, or, or like a bag full of bad. I definitely have to be careful with jars. Oh, like, Bag full of batteries, bag full of of bags, bag full of like whatever. Like I think I kept my bag full of batteries probably for about the last five years. I even knew where to take them, which was Solana Center. I knew that that's where they were going to go. But I just, and I would go to Solana Center periodically and then be like, I forgot the batteries. I think it was like two weeks ago. I got my batteries to Solana nice. Center after like five years. Yeah. It was like, and so, yeah. And I would just always look at them or yeah, the, the, the reusable containers that are actually the kind of technically disposable ones, but I, I can use them until they like get misshapen and like, yeah. you know, completely breaking down. But, um, yeah, it's really hard. Um, which is why these kind of programs are so important and so exciting. Um, you know, cause you don't have to worry about that, um, anymore. And, um, I'm still going to keep reusing everything. It's it's also something I tell people um, if you are wanting to start to refill, for example, like use a refillery for like alternatives to um, plastic containers. Uh, you know, it's it's not about buying a new container to refill. It's like if you have that Tide detergent container, wait till it's empty, yeah. switch to the refillable product, but fill the Tide container until that starts to break down. Like just just the same concept with the t-shirt. Like you just use something yeah. as long as possible. As long as there's a use for it. Yeah, exactly. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, we're releasing right now. We have custom meal plans. So mm-hmm. you pick your meals each week. We're releasing some, uh, curated cool. weekly packages. So, um, chef's choice, just going to be our, our favorite meals of the week. Nice. Um, a burned fat, targeted based on macronutrients and uh, build muscle. Nice. Um, so that'll, you know, take a few clicks out of the process, make it even a little easier. Yeah. Well, I am like so stoked to learn about this program, to know a little bit about you, a little more about you, um, and, and share it with our listeners. And I just want to say a huge thank you, Barrett, for, for joining us today and for sharing your story and for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. That's yeah, a blast. Thank you for having me and thank you for putting it on. So you can find more information on Instagram at pit underscore and underscore seed and www.pitandseed.com. As always, all of the resources and brands mentioned on today's podcast will be linked for your reference. And until next time, I'm Liz Murphy, sending you sustainability love from San Diego.
Sustainability is Sexy is a nonprofit organization located in San Diego, California, focused on inspiring and driving innovation within our community to create real change. Learn more at sustainabilityissexy.org and find out how you can be involved.